I'd probably say in year four or five when I was teaching, I was really starting to get into the routine of teaching, if that makes sense. And I started to get more like, wow, is this going to be the rest of my life? Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where we profile agents of growth and transformation in education today. Each guest shares their highs, their lows, their passions, their goals, and the voices that are sparking their thinking and igniting their practice. This episode of the show is sponsored by Fidgets. Fidgets are interactive USB sensors that allow students to bring code to life quickly and easily from their computer. Try Fidgets out for free by visiting bit.ly slash fidgets on fire. That's fidgets with a PH and ordering your free starter kit today. Not only will you receive some free gear, you'll also be helping the podcast. Again, to order your free fidget starter kit, just go to bit.ly slash fidgets on fire. Now, I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's meet today's guest. Today, I'm speaking with Rebecca Gibbony. Rebecca is a curriculum specialist at Blast Intermediate Unit 17 in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. She is also the author of The Tiebreaker, a scouting report on building a culture of gamification in professional learning. Rebecca is passionate about two things in life, education and sports, and strives to bring the fun to educators every day. Follow Rebecca on Twitter at Gibbony Rebecca, on Instagram at the same, at Gibbony Rebecca, and on her blog at RebeccaGibbony.com. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education? I am always ready to talk about education. (laughs) Love it. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about your current context? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So, well, currently, formerly, I was a Spanish teacher for nine years. And now currently, um, I am actually, I just shifted roles into a curriculum specialist um, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, here in the United States. Uh, at a local intermediate unit, which I'm not sure if you have that um, where you're located, but we basically service our IU services for different um, counties, and that's about 19 school districts. And so I work to um, provide professional development and offerings to educators and districts. Um, we are a small city. So Williamsport, if you've ever heard of Little League World Series, that's our hometown right there. So we have like a small city right there in Williamsport, but then we service out to some of the most rural areas, you know, no internet connection, those kinds of areas. I know I've been to Philadelphia and a town called Harrisburg. I'm not sure about Williamsport, but sounds like a nice place. It is story time, Rebecca, and that's where we'll start. Would you share with us about a low moment or an experience of adversity that you faced somewhere in your teaching or education career and describe how you overcame it? Yeah. So I actually think that this, when I was looking at these questions, that was a little bit more of the toughest one for me to answer, the tougher one, uh, because I tend to, I feel like I'm a pretty positive person. So I try to always see the bright moments in them, uh, all the low moments, but I do also feel like every educator has low moments. Um, and so I'd probably say in year four or five when I was teaching, I was really starting to get into the routine of teaching, if that makes sense. We all have those routines and everything. And I started to get more like, wow, is this going to be the rest of my life? Like every day for 30, for 30 years, you know, you wake up, you go to school, the bell rings and, and it just sort of seemed really, um, 
routine. And I was really second guessing myself and it made it really hard for me. I felt like I wasn't having fun and that's a big thing to me. Um, and so you'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but, um, I started to really look at, well, what do I need to do to make, to have fun? And so I, uh, started doing some gamification and that's really helped me, um, with really understanding again and finding my purpose in education. I like that story because I think for so many teachers, they can relate with the blah that you're talking about, right? And it's almost like you, in terms of recapturing your fire, I mean, that's my brand. That's what I'm all about is moving from burnout to on fire. Sometimes maybe that's the key is just rediscovering yourself as a learner and unpacking that passion. And so I love that gamification is such a significant part of your story. On that note, let's talk about gamification of professional learning, a space that you've done significant work in. I want to hear more about the why and the how. Why should we be thinking about gamifying professional development and what would that look like in practical terms? Yeah, so a side note, some other backstory here is that I am an assistant women's basketball coach at our local college here. Um, so I've, like, I, like you said in the introduction, I love education. I love sports. And so whenever there's competition in sports, I'm all game and I like having fun and bringing that competitive edge. And when I came to education, you know, once I hit that year five, that's when I really, that was my why, because I was not excited, you know, coming to work every day. There was nothing like, again, like I said, it was routine. Um, and I knew I, I'm the change agent. I was the change agent and I needed to make it fun. And I knew I wasn't the only one, right? Uh, we all love our jobs, but, you know, 7.30 is still early for me uh, to get up. But um, I started bringing this idea of gamification because, you know, everyone talks about gamification for students. It's all about the students and, and everything like that, which it is. But what about teachers? You know, we can't reach our students if our teachers, like you say, aren't on fire and enjoying what they're doing. And so I, for seven years, I was a Spanish teacher, but I also, I'm sorry, nine years, I was a Spanish teacher. Seven years, um, I also was an instructional coach there. And so as an instructional coach, I started to think about how can I make professional development fun? And how can I avoid, help our teachers avoid the burnout, like you just mentioned, and the um, initiative fatigue? And so what my principal and I did was we sat down and we were like, how do we make it fun? And we gamified, meaning like something as simple as even morale boosters, like all of our initiatives, all of our building goals, we put it into a game. And so we had certain things like March teacher March Madness or a tailgate challenge um, and, you know, some bingo challenges. And we ran them throughout the school year. And what I started to see was as an instructional coach, my professional development was turning into professional learning, which is such big buzzwords right now in education, um, and teachers were starting to buy in. And so my book really talks about, you know, why I started this, which was the lull that I was going through. And I identify, I actually write my book, like the scouting report that I write for my athletes on the basketball team, because that's my role on the basketball team is I write the scouting report. And I identify five keys to victory that you need to do with starting to how to build the culture of this gamification. Um, and then uh, really it just looked like a lot of me listening to the teachers. What do they want? What do they need? And empathizing with them, even though I was still a teacher and then acting on it. So that was a big mouthful, but, um, 
I'm really passionate about the whole gamification, not just for students, but for adults. I always try to connect the principles or the pedagogical principles that we know work in the classroom with educators and educator learning. And I think we always talk about agency and ownership, right? Choice and voice in the classroom. Is it fair to say that gamification for educators sort of activates those same buttons that we we start to see more agency and ownership and that the reason that so many educators sort of tune in or rather tune out from professional development is because they feel like they don't have that choice and voice. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think like, if you just make it fun, we were just, you know, competing against one another, just in grade level teams, content level teams, and students would get to see it, you know, and then they saw the teachers having fun. So why can't, you know, the students have fun. And then the practice, there was like a bridge to practice because teachers were using it in their classroom too. Um, but it gave them, you're right, it gave them the voice and they had the choice of what they wanted to do to show what they're learning and their growth. Rebecca, as you look across your PLN and your own professional practice, obviously we're in the middle of a very turbulent time right now in education, but what else is setting you on fire about education today? So right now in my role as curriculum specialist at the intermediate unit, we're really working because we are in such rural areas, that whole digital equity um, and more now more than ever, it's been so exposed to the, the digital inequities. And so right now I'm really on fire and advocating for so, like those students that don't have that access. And how do we provide that? How do we find solutions and be problem solvers for that? Um, and then just the other, just the amazing, like on, on the Twitter sphere and just with my different PLNs that I have around here, um, the amount of innovation and commitment from the educators during these turbulent times and unprecedented times has been amazing and phenomenal. And it's my hope that when the educators go back to the classroom, they don't forget all the innovative things that they have already tried and see how it can shift their, their teaching. I can't agree more on the last point. And going back to the equity piece, thinking about, let's say, rural Pennsylvania, would you say it's a fairly common challenge, just access to high-speed Wi-Fi and broadband across some of those rural education communities? Absolutely. Yeah. We have some districts, even, you know, we have students, even teachers that don't even get access, like self-service access. So we're really working with the Department of Education to look for solutions um, and then providing that for our teachers and students. That's one of the things that I think universally we're really hoping comes out of this crisis is state legislated access, right? And I mean, I know that hits some roadblocks and you start to hear cries of socialism and and it becomes partisan really quickly. But honestly, I mean, what a gap, what a divide between learners who do have that access and those who do not. We've got to bridge it. We've got to make it happen. Yeah. How are you looking to grow professionally and improve your practice next, Rebecca? Can you share about a specific professional goal or maybe a project that you're currently working on? Yes, absolutely. Um, So former Spanish teacher, instructional coach, and continuing with some of those initiatives, but I'm also transitioning into computer science. Um, And so that's been keeping me busy this summer. Um, learning some of that has my head spinning a little, but we're getting there. Um, but on the writing end of things, my, my other passion, um, I am working on some book studies and also working on a new project. I'm looking to come out with a, um, tiebreaker journal 
Um, so we're, we're sort of working through that idea and processing and have a lot of brainstorming on the walls right now, my office. Very fun. Let me put you on the spot for a second. Tell us about one of those book studies. Is there a book that is lighting you up right now? Actually, I'm going to be running. Well, I'm working um, on Twitter. There's a Black Lives Matter um, book a week. I think it's Allison. I can't remember her last name at the moment, but she's doing a book study, one book a month. And so I've been really trying to stay focused on that. So I'm working on that book study. And then um, we there's a uh, Voxer book study, two, book in a, uh, two men in a book. And we're going to be actually doing my book as a book study on Voxer coming up here. All right. Well, congratulations. So there's a little plug for Tiebreaker. If you are on Voxer, make sure you reach out. And while we're on that topic, before we forget, what is your, do you know your Voxer handle? Yes, I believe it is the, um, it is just uh, Rebecca Gibney. Very simple. Okay. Very simple. Okay. Well, uh, that that's a benefit of not having a super common last name is sometimes your, your real estate actually is available. I'm in that camp too. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca, outside of education, what's another area of learning for you? What is it that ignites your passions when you leave the classroom and brings you alive as a human being? Well, I think I've already mentioned it with a lot of these questions, but coaching and sports. And right now it's a little um, unknown, to be honest. My whole family's actually coaches. My husband's the men's soccer coach at, at the college. Um, but really I'm trying to grow there. But outside of that, I'm really trying to become like self-sufficient and build things. I built a desk during quarantine and starting to try to garden. Um, but the coaching in sports is is where I'm really at. Um, it's just sports. I was a college athlete um, and it gave me so much uh, inside and outside of the classroom. And so I just want to give back to it and help young ladies grow as well. Fantastic. I know gardening is cathartic, right? I, I It doesn't mean I like it, but I, I never regret it once I've, I've finished some weeding or whatever. Yeah. Share about a personal habit or a productivity hack, Rebecca, that contributes to your success. Is there an app or a regular habit, a routine that really helps you get it all done? So I've really been trying to focus on this. Um, I tend to get a little bit too up, like I get OCD almost over my routines, but my morning routine has become really important to me. Um, just trying to get, you know, some exercise in. And then Rachel Hollis, I do um, use her Start Today journal, which starts with five things of gratitude and then 10 dreams that you have and then one call to action for the day. And I, it's really been helping me to stay focused, especially during these times. We'll get back to our conversation in just a moment, but Teachers on Fire, I need to ask you, have you received your free fidgets yet? Fidgets are interactive USB sensors that make physical computing easy. There's no soldering, wiring, or breadboarding. You simply plug in a sensor, write a few lines of code in your favorite language, and go. Fidgets are used by thousands of STEM professionals all over the world and are now available for educators. If you have a makerspace or teach coding, this tool is especially for you and your learners. Try it out for free by visiting bit.ly slash fidgetsonfire. That's bit.ly slash p-h-i-d-g-e-t-s on fire. You'll receive your free fidget starter kit and you'll also be helping the podcast. So thank you in advance. Now, let's get back to the conversation. 
All right, Rebecca, it is time for your quick picks. And here we want to know the education voices and resources that are shaping your practice and inspiring your thinking today. So starting at Twitter, tell us about someone we should follow there and share why they've been inspiring you lately. So on Twitter, um, I've actually never met this person in like face to face. Um, but Melody McAllister is part of our EduMatch publishing company. She um, does all of our social media platforms and she just really has been on fire lately. Uh, she lives in Alaska and she just has been connecting a lot of educators across the country um, with one another. And so I've really enjoyed watching or and following her and then her getting me connected. So. Awesome. That is a name I've seen around as well. I feel like I am following her, but I'll make double sure. That's at M-J-M-C-A-L-L-I writes. At M-J-M-C-A-L-L-I writes. I guess that's Michaela writes <laughs> is what she's got going on there. Point us to an ed tech tool that you currently love using somewhere in your classroom or professional practice. I mean, I have to go with the Flipgrid. I feel like everyone uses it. And if they don't, they probably should. And in August, they're coming out with brand new features. Um, I just think it's a really amazing tool, especially during um, remote learning and everything as well. I put you on the spot about your book studies. And by the way, I have a feeling that Allison you were reaching there, uh, reaching for there was Allison Apsey, possibly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. All right. So Allison Apsey for her Black Lives Matter book of the month book studies. Make sure you connect with that. But my question here is tell us about a book that has really stood out for you, perhaps all time, one that's been deeply influential either in your thinking or again, in your professional practice. Yeah. So in year four or five, when I started this whole gamification, um, the book that transformed my thinking in the summer was called The Energy Bus, which you may have heard of um, by John Gordon. And there is a children's version of it too, um, but there's a children's version and a chapter book. And he really made me think about what kind of energy do I want to have in my life and what do I want to give off as a leader? And um, who do I want on my bus? And how do I want to drive my bus? And it was really transformational for me. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. The Energy Bus is one that I still haven't read, but I have to tell you, Rebecca, it's one of the most commonly recommended books on my show. And so that's another reminder that I really need to dig in this summer. Next question. This is, of course, a podcast. So for those listening to Teachers on Fire right now, first of all, thank you for listening. But Rebecca, would you tell us about another podcast that you enjoy and maybe explain why? Um, I know Rachel is going through a lot, but my girl, Rachel Hollis, I really enjoy her podcast, Eve, either Rise Together, but more so just her individual podcast I really enjoy. Um, and so she's always, you know, her books also have inspired me um, just to sort of live life and get things done. The very last question here, just for fun, this after all is the season of Netflix binging and watching shows that or movies that maybe we feel like we don't normally have time to watch during the school year. What are you watching these days? Yeah, so it's funny. All my friends keep telling me to get Netflix. I have yet to cave and get Netflix. Um, but we did try the the Hulu and we we binge watched 24, my husband and I, and that was just amazing. Uh, I know that's a little bit older, but when Grey's Anatomy and things come back around and sports, that, that'll be what I'll be binging on. So 
All right, a couple of good classics there. Rebecca, what are the best ways for the listeners to follow you and find out more about gamification in professional development? Um, yeah, so Twitter, I'm an avid user of Twitter, so you can DM me or message me um, at, at Gibbony Rebecca, same with on Instagram, and then on my Facebook page, which is also Gibbony Rebecca, and then um, you can purchase my book on Amazon or reach out and we can connect. Um, and my website is RebeccaGibbony.com. Sounds good. Again, one more time. That's the tiebreaker, a scouting report on building a culture of gamification in professional learning. Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing your time with the podcast today. This has been fun and inspiring. Take care and let's connect again soon. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Before we sign off today, I'd like to share some highlights from the Teachers on Fire Nation. Our first stop is on Twitter, where in reply to my tweet about a step-by-step guide to podcasting by at Jeff Gargas, Stacy K at Stacy K underscore 79 replied, thanks. This was timely as this afternoon, my partner and I will be recording our first podcast as our final project for our LDRS 624 course. If I am brave, maybe I'll share it when we are done. Well, that sounded awesome, Stacy. And as I replied on Twitter, I hope you did get brave and decide to publish your work. And if you did, make sure to tag me and drop the link so I can share it with Teachers on Fire listeners. Next on Instagram, after a chat on Instagram Live, Tara Desiderio at Tara underscore Desiderio wrote, Thank you for having me, Tim. Keep leading the way, my friend. Thank you so much for that, Tara. I really enjoyed our conversation on Instagram. And if you are a Tara fan, you can go to my at Teachers on Fire Instagram account and find that conversation still there on my IGTV. To all who have read, viewed, liked, retweeted, commented, or replied in any way, shape, or form to my content on any of these platforms, thank you. You are the fuel to my fire, and I so appreciate your support. If you're looking for some good summer reading, make sure you drop by the Teachers on Fire magazine on Medium, where we featured pieces recently from Bennett Jester, a high schooler, Andrew Julian, Tammy Breitweiser, the accidental inspirationalist, and Debbie Tannenbaum, who is busy presenting workshops virtually this summer. The Teachers on Fire magazine is a Medium publication, and you'll find it on medium.com or on the Medium app. If you'd like to join our growing writing team, your first step is to create a Medium account using your Google credentials. Message Teachers on Fire on any social media platform for more details. Well, I will leave you with this quote from my reading, Teachers on Fire. It's from a book called Balance Like a Pirate. It's written by three fantastic educational leaders, Sarah Johnson, you'll find her at Sarah S.A. Johnson, Jessica Cabean at Jessica Cabean, and Jessica Johnson at Principal J. And the quote is simply this, we take care of our phones better than our bodies. We know when our battery is depleted. I'll say it again, we take care of our phones better than our bodies. We know when our battery is depleted. And it's so true, it's sad but true, that when it comes to our phones, generally speaking, we don't let them run down to zero. At least I don't. I don't know about you. 
but we're generally mindful of the health of our phone and we'll, we'll try to charge it up before it dies completely. Well, we need to have the same mindset, it's sad to say, but we need to have that same mindset about our own health, our mental, emotional, and spiritual health, especially during those times of the school year that are especially trying and demanding. Check out Balance Like a Pirate for a roadmap, not a formula, but a roadmap, a set of strategies that will help you balance yourself in the four quadrants of your life effectively going into this school year. Again, I'm your host, Tim Cavey, and I'm so grateful that you decided to spend some of your day listening to this podcast. I hope that in some way the content you heard here from the tiebreaker, Rebecca Gibney, sparked your thinking and ignited your practice. And I'll meet you next week right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast. Take care, stay safe, and keep on learning.